Welcome to Picketed Podcast. Joining us today is comedian, battle rapper, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Gran? Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot of things. Pop yeah. that a little bit closer to your I battle I am rapper. a lot of things. I answer to a lot of uh, different... You have a lot of different masks. Yes. yes. And ex-teacher, no yep, less. Yep. The wonderful Joy France. Hi, Joy. Hi, hi. Hi. And joining us as well is um, also, uh, I would say teach, well, TA. TA. Yeah. TA. Not teacher, but... Not officially <laughs> TA, just in education. Time. In education, okay. And also um, mum as well, uh, and yeah. um, philanthropist. That. <laughs> um, uh, Becca, hi Becca. Hi. Hi. So today we are going to be talking about uh, the education system and what could be done to improve it. Is it working? Is it fit for purpose? What does it do well? What does it do badly? What's, what are your experiences? Now I know uh, that obviously Joy, you've been a teacher for how long have you been? Most a- of my life. I took early retirement about six, seven years ago. Oh, right, okay. Can we guess what you used to teach? <laughs> oh. I love this game. What do you think, Becca? Um, English? I would say... Uh, yeah, yeah. English? Engl- <laughs> smooth, so smooth. For those of you that are listening to this audibly, you won't have seen the uh, little cue that I gave, as in like, let's not mention it, but all right, okay, fair enough. We're working, guys, we're working through it. I would. I think English is a great shout. Um, English is what I was going to say, but I'm not going to say it now, because you said it. I'm going to say like uh, science or something like that. Well, I taught... I actually taught a lot of different subjects because I trained as a special needs primary teacher. Oh, um, so you, know, you don't need to yeah, know. Then, <laughs> you no, don't need to know them. Most of my uh, teaching career, I worked with teenagers. Um, so it was and mainly in pupil referral units. Kids were PRUs. And I used to run a PRU. I was a head of a PRU for many years. No fucking PRU. way. And... Um, do you know what a PRU is? I don't. Um, it, it, so, so here's the thing, right? A, a PRU, a, a Proofal Referral Unit, a PRU, is where they uh, put kids who basically, th- they have to be kept in education. However, like, they are too, I, I don't want to say the word difficult, challenging for mainstream education. So it's sort of like, they get sort of put to, it's basically like them saying, look, we can't, like just let you stay at home and like play Fortnite and masturbate until you turn sixteen. So you have to like you have to go to this PRU uh, for a bit and then let let these people uh, and the people at the PRUs. God bless them. They are teachers, stroke prison wardens, uh, and I bet you have some fucking stories, Joy. It was um, good grounding for me becoming um, you know a battle rapper. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And um, no, in actual fact, um, like the last school that I worked at as a teacher, not as a, it was a pupil referral unit, but it was a health one. So the last one was for teenagers who had health issues. It could be mental health issues, it could be anorexia, it could be autism, all sorts of things, or physical, you know, life limiting um, conditions or and things that stop them being in school. So, Well, here's the really interesting thing about that as well is that back in the day, um, like 10 years ago and more, is that what happened is if you had a kid who was like, had had certain special educational needs, 
they go to a special school and in that school that would be specifically catered towards their needs but the problem was is that those schools didn't exactly uh push the envelope the way that they might have they were pretty much like it sounds horrible but they were pretty much like creches pretty much and they just sort of like dumped them off and was just like okay you stay here and if you can pick anything up then you know, then good good luck to you type thing. There wasn't really the level of accountability there. And so what they did is they decided to sort of get rid of special schools, didn't they, and have everything under one roof, which on the one hand you think is a better idea, but on the other hand, they didn't really increase the funding that might be required to, um, uh, you know, to help children that have particular issues and challenges and stuff. So it's now a shit show, but it's all done in-house, which is... Well, I don't know if what I went to when I was a teenager, so I actually fell pregnant at the age of 15. I had my son at 16. Uh, So I didn't actually finish my GCSEs because I was a bit of a a wild child at the time. Um, But I ended up in uh, some kind of, it might have been a... The same kind of yeah, set up. Sort of like mother and baby unit type schools yeah, where so they teach you life skills as well as... Yeah, oh, of, shit. So I didn't even know that those existed. Yeah, it it yeah. honestly oh, was do. very, yeah. very um, questionable the way they treated yeah. us. No! Um, yeah, so there was all these rules about not allowed to show too much skin and... Like if you get off, really, if, what if like a nunnery? That's honestly what it felt like. What so. like the, the Magdalene sisters? <laughs> yeah, a bit like that. Gets brought out. You're not a man yeah. of God. You weren't even allowed to make your own way there. You had to get a taxi. You had to get picked up what? from your door <laughs> and dropped off. What was and the look? What in case you again. fucked anyone on the way there I or something know. like that? Just like, gave birth, collapse. You know what she's like? <laughs> oh, she has a ten minute walk. She'll suck three guys off. What's what's that about? Well, it wasn't sucking off. They got me pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a great podcast already. <laughs> Maybe that's what they were teaching you next time on the face. Well, I didn't even finish that school either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, I didn't know that they existed. That's. Uh, I mean, my initial reaction to that is that that is incredibly patronising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you weren't allowed to show any of your stomach. If any of your T-shirt, like, rolled up even slightly, you, or if you weren't wearing a T-shirt with sleeves, or if you had a tiny little bit of cleavage, and you, you, you're growing rapidly because you're pre- pregnant, so you're not necessarily prepared for all these, these changes going on in your body, they'd make you wear, like, this big oversized white T-shirt. If you came in... What, like, had, like like lost mm, property, like yeah, PE like kit? A big, yeah. Like a big gown thing to cover you up. But, it like, I had a Do you know on. what? I always wondered what happened to the T-shirts that I donated to, <laughs> to charity. And now I know. I thought they were... Pregnant teens. Yeah, I thought they were going to, like, children in Africa. I thought there was some poor kid in Somalia that was wearing a triple XL. And now I know that it's some slag. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. That's the thing with this podcast. I get myself in trouble, Joy. Um, I, I did actually know your reputation before I agreed to come on it. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so. Fun. That's that's my favourite way that anyone's ever introduced themselves to me. I knew your reputation. No, it's my second favourite. Do you know what? I uh, I met a a female comic once, and she said to me, um, "Oh, for, oh, you, you're Freddie Quinn." She said. I've heard good things. And I went, no, you haven't. And she went, well, I've heard things. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fucking Lord above. Um, yeah. Um, what can I say? You know. Anyway, um, uh, so, so you were at this unit. What did they teach you then? Was it like? 
I didn't really. I only went for a few sessions, and I, I kind of I fell out with them because I'd, I had a top on that had like a bit of a had a slit in the center, and it had like a little bit of a tie to tie it together. I remember when those were popular. Yeah, so I tied yeah. it together as much as I could, and it honestly was not even showing any kind of skin. It was like yeah. if anything, like slightest yeah. bit. It would show like a little bit of skin when you moved, and uh, that wasn't enough. So I kind of threw a paddy, and I didn't want to go after that. I felt a bit. I mean, my my sort of, um, it, it, for me personally, this is kind of like an absolute playbook archetype story of why education, for me personally, is so fucking broken in this country. Well, we're talking as well a time when I, I fell pregnant. My son's 12 now, so it, it was 2009 that uh, I had him, so a lot of... Like the teens weren't really popping out the kids as as fast as they were now, so I kind of was. There was a lot of shame about my pregnancy. So with that and going to that school, I kind of. But here's the had thing: to hide right? my pregnancy a lot. Here's what I would have assumed: right, is if you're getting a group of young single mums who are fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Like, knowing 14, 15, 16-year-olds as I do, they're quite self-conscious about themselves at the best of fucking times. Definitely. But when you're growing a baby inside you and your body's growing and your tits are getting bigger (laughs) and bits of you are wobbling and stuff like that, like, I would have thought the last thing that you would want is to have people going, oh, well, there's too much of you big fat chicken wing arms there that are showing so you gotta fucking cover this like you would think that if they are gonna have children and you think that if they are willing to go to school for the love of god just try and get them to come away with some qualifications some idea of something or other it's there's bigger things to worry about at that moment in time do you know what i mean some schools who are amazing and you know there are some schools even now you know, if somebody gets pregnant, it's like, oh my god, we don't want to be associated with them at all. You know, send them away. Don't let anybody know. Yeah. You know, don't talk about it. And, all and, uh, and those schools are called Catholic schools. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are some Catholic schools that I've come across that have been amazing when somebody's uh, fallen pregnant. But it's but, just hit and miss. It is it whether you're in the city, whether you're living in a village or whatever. Let's be fair. It really is. Catholic schools, by and large, are the ones that are dickheads with rules. Those are the ones, by and large. Uh, did you go to a Catholic school, Becca? No, but uh, my auntie and uncle owned um, a school in St. Anne's, so... Um, I used to... So I used to teach at a Catholic school for a while. It was not a good fit. They were very religious. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they were necessarily Catholic, so but... So I did, I did a, a lesson once, right? And this is back when I was a, a trainee teacher. So there was somebody in the room that was observing me, right? And I was doing the gig, and it was in the middle of summer, and it was in... Uh, and and schools have certain rooms in schools are just really bad because just because of the way that they are or where they are they're either fucking boiling hot or freezing cold and everyone every school's got at least one room that's fucking roasting no matter what happens or is fucking freezing no matter what happens and this it just so happened that was teaching this room it was like a fucking oven it was so hot right and I was wearing a, a big blazer, um, and I was wearing a white shirt, and I was wearing a, a, a white, uh, sorry, a, a, like a, a tweed tie, right? Um, and it was so hot. So what I did 
to make myself a little bit more comfortable is I took my blazer off. And I thought that that was a, that's a fairly uh, reasonable thing. Well, unbeknownst to me, I nearly caused a school-wide scandal <laughs> because uh, the children could see my tattoos through the, th- like, through the whiteness of my shirt. And so afterwards, I had to have a meeting with a member of the senior leadership team, the SLT. And they are like um, your heads, uh, assistant heads, and anyone else who feels like they're important is just, you know. And, and I had a meeting with one of them. They were like, yeah, you can't be showing children your tattoos. And I went, yeah, I, I didn't like, I didn't get them out. I was just, work- and they said, well, you know, some children saw your tattoos. And I was like, well, I've got tattoos. I, I don't know what you want me to to do, are you suggesting that I have them laser removed so this doesn't happen in future? I don't know what you think a, a reasonable suggestion about this would be. But I've worked in other schools where literally members of the senior leadership team have got tattoos behind the fucking necks and stuff yeah, like that. And that's the trouble. I mean, talking about the education system, it isn't one thing. It's, a, it's such a... Ver- I worked abroad for uh, a few years in a very hot, very religious country. And, um, yeah, it was... Um, I mean, I got into trouble once because I signed in... He had to sign in, in the morning. I signed in red pen and I got called to the head teacher because apparently that is the worst thing you can do is sign in red pen. And he's oh. like, Which country just, was this? The Bahamas. The Bahamas, oh yeah. <laughs> Known for hating red. What the fuck is that about? What's the colour red? Uh, you're angry. So I, oh. so apparently, red is anger. Yeah, yeah. So I got called to them and said, "Well, why? What is it? What's your problem?" And I'm like, "I don't know." I love how I love how in their heads you have a selection of pens to choose from, yeah. and you're like, "I am quite pissed off that I'm late. I shall choose the red." You <laughs> so know, I will go green. You know, yeah, so yeah, to show that I'm chill. <laughs> I'm chilled out because I've got green. What the? But f- it's really strange going to you know, um, which was essentially the, I'm talking about thirty odd years ago now. But the school was called um, Stapleton School for the Mentally Retarded. <laughs> Which tells you a lot. Right. Sounds so, like a Harry Potter book. So Harry talk- Potter and the Stapleton School for the Mentally Retarded. And, and the classroom was actually, it was a you know a big shipping, a metal shipping crate divided into four. Oh, Fuck off. In that weather. <laughs> In the middle of them were two toilets, which never worked. So they came, and the first thing I had to do every morning before I actually started was sweep out the goat shit and clear out the cockroaches and all the rest of it. And then we had, there were no resources, there was nothing. So you're talking about. And they were pissed off that you wrote in red pen. (laughs) (laughs) You're teaching a shipping container in the Bahamas, and you're asked that I've fucking written in red pen. Oh, my. School for the mentally retarded. No. Wow, no, I have a lot of stories to tell about that. But we're not talking about the Bahamas, but, and no, yeah, well, we're gonna. You've got, you got we're the gonna, idea in terms of I've seen all sorts of different because I've worked in lots of different places. So we're gonna get we're gonna get all these stories out of the way on the uh, picketed extra available to patrons only because some of the stories, especially the ones that I think I'm gonna tell, need to be behind a paywall. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, look, if you aren't gonna cancel me, then I need you to pay four quid a month for the privilege. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's only a quid a week. You know, fuck you. If you want to destroy my career, at least you can pay that. It's like a pint in fucking... It's, it's like a pint in most pubs. Um, so, yeah, here's, here's another thing as well, right? Talking about uh, working away. So, my cousin uh, is a teacher, and he's worked all over the world. He doesn't like working in the UK for many reasons. He's worked in China, 
Currently, at the moment, he works in Saudi Arabia, and in that's, Saudi, that, that's an interesting place. To well, teach. and his and his wife was not best pleased about that. Mm. Oh, you want me to go and live in a place where I have significantly less rights than you? <laughs> uh, I'm going to need this selling to me a little bit. You know what? I'm never allowed to drive again and have to keep my face covered up in public. I think we're going to need at least a bigger house than what we've got at the moment to justify this shit. So um, the thing is, is they are there are certain countries that are absolutely so desperate for uh, English speaking teachers. It's seen as a huge commodity. Um, so. Uh, over in Saudi Arabia, my cousin gets paid double what he would get, and they the school actually built a compound for uh, for all the teachers to live in. And the compound it's like itself, a, is it like a British compound? Yeah, it's like a yeah. town. It's like the size of a town built specifically for their staff. And there's like a written unwritten rule that it's like, okay, you don't have to abide by the laws that the rest of us do. Like, you can drink alcohol, you can fucking sunbathe, you can do what you want. And so it's like being on, like, a private compound. A friend of mine who... So when I did my teacher training, uh, a friend of mine... Uh, we were all talking about, like, you know, what sort of schools we'd like to go in and stuff like that. And a friend of mine, she said the first thing that she was going to do was, uh, as soon as she qualifies as a teacher, she was going to go to Kazakhstan. Because uh, if you go over and teach in Kazakhstan, you get paid 70 grand a year, tax-free, <laughs> plus you get three flights home a year... Plus they pay for your accommodation, plus they pay for all of your expenses while you're out there. So what she was going to do is she was going to live in Kazakhstan for three years and then she'd have like a, you know, 180, 200 grand and then bring it back to the UK and buy a house. I'm having fun having been retired, but I don't know, that does, that sounds... But the thing is though is, is... as, as well, the attitude to teachers over in other countries, it's seen as like a doctor. Do you know what I mean? You it's get status, aren't yeah. Status? Teaching doesn't have status in this country. I feel like the education system in general is not really respected from both parts, teachers and students. Yeah. Well, you know, what, you know what it is as well is it's... And I bet you'll be able to talk more about this than me, Joy, is the attitudes of parents when it comes to who's to blame has changed significantly over the... Uh, Joy's, Joy's laughing in preparation for what she's I'm about to say. just trying to, to figure say. out which stories I can tell which I can't. There's, there's, there's some, like, like... So back in the day, I remember parents' evening... And I remember thinking like, oh, fucking hell, shit, I'm going to get... Going to get grilled. I'm going to get <laughs> fucking bollock when I get home. Shit, do you know what I mean? And like this, and I was like, oh, fucking... You know, and you'd dread it. You'd fucking dread it. Now, the kids come parents' evening with you, and they sit there with you, and you can't say, he's a right cunt. Do you know what I mean? Like, you just... <laughs> you can't do it in front of his face. That lad is a fucking prick, and I hate him. You can't say that. You have to be like, well, Oliver's quite challenging. Do you know what I mean? They speak in code. Teachers speak in code, so they go like, um, uh, Oliver really loves to get involved. And that's code for doesn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> My favourite one is I heard someone say, 
he really likes to learn at his own pace, <laughs> which is code for lazy as fuck. That's well, anybody of my age will remember their own school reports as uh, very brutal. You know, they told it as it was. It was you know such but he's lazy, such but he's whatever. And it, and then it, oh, when, yeah. I, when I first got into teaching, it was, um, you know, we were told you have to, you know, I've seen all these new innovations and new things that come in. And one was reports, school reports had to be positive. You weren't allowed to be negative. Yeah. So, and it was, so you had to go in code. There was no other way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. I've taught in schools where they say no, no negative stuff because you risk pissing the parents off and the parents are that entitled nowadays that the school does not want, the last thing that the school wants is for a, t- a parent to take a screenshot or a picture of their kid's report, put it online, and it gets shared a thousand times because then the governors get involved and then, you know, they worry about Ofsted getting involved and stuff. And parents know they can cause so much shit for schools. And so schools bend over backwards. A lot, a lot of the time it isn't, you know, people may be thinking, oh, it's the, you know, the... The rough families or whatever, but it's not. It's often the the middle class families who are really Definitely. wanting to, you know, just just determined, <laughs> like an exercise missile, missile that their child is never going to do anything wrong and they're going to be successful. And anything that goes wrong is somebody else. A truer word has never been spoken. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Because I've I've dealt with rough working class parents yeah. who live in absolute fucking abject poverty that are really determined to bring their child up if not properly like 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 by a proper moral code they know that their kid is not going to have advantages in life but they're going to bring them up to have like a strong backbone and to know right from wrong and stuff and then i've dealt with fucking parents of millionaires who it's like are you trying to raise the spawn of satan like these are horrible children do you know what i mean like it's got nothing to do with class or anything like that. Um, but I think I think for me, the first thing that needs to happen, the first thing that needs to change, is they need to make teaching a more attractive prospect for people. Because, you know, you see those adverts that's like, get into teaching, and it's like, you know, like, sir, I don't get it. And then like they show another thing where, where he comes over, and then the kid's like, oh my God, I get it now, sir. Let's have a hug. Do you know what I mean? And then like... <laughs> And then afterwards, it's like graduation day. It's like, I did it because you believed in me, sir. And then it's like, oh, that never fucking happens. Never. If you go anywhere near touching one, yeah. that's the end of your career to start with. But the trouble with teaching, as a lot of other professions and things, the really good ones leave. They get the good, the really good teachers who really care, who really want to make a difference, find that they get burnt out. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So even if you attract the right people, you've got to keep them. But it's one of those jobs as well, is there is no work-life balance. There's none. No, no. it's a very high-demanding job. This is it. They will take and take and take as much as they possibly can uh, until there's nothing There's nothing left for you to give. There's no more hours in the day. Like, they do at schools, um, you have to have a certain amount of points every year uh, towards your continu- your CPD, your continuing professional development. So you have to get involved in a certain amount of things, be they running an after-school club, extracurricular activities, um, you know, school trips and shit like that. You have to do it. If you don't, your bonus is tied to it. So you have to do extra stuff. Do you know what I used to do at school? This is the fucking... Any kid who's thinking about going into teaching, this is the fucking hustle, <laughs> right? I used to do film club. 
you know what? That's a piece of piss. All right, what film do you want to watch? Sweet. Oh. <laughs> on fucking Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Sweet. There you go. All right, I'm just going to sit at the back of the room and do the marking that I need to do anyway. Don't talk. Sweet. Piece of fucking piss. And also as well, the kids that you get that are like film club, they're never like fucking... You know, the, the, the teenage the terrors. Introverts. Yeah, they're always like, oh, well, I've always wanted to watch some art house cinema. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they're dead easy. Fucking loved it. But the harder things are things like school trips and residentials and things you could do a whole day's worth of talking about them. Never did. I never, did never did a school trip. Wow. Nah, man. I just wasn't, I, I just, I couldn't be paid enough to go on holiday with other people's children. I just couldn't do it. When, Good while now. I used to work in Derbyshire, and um, it's a school on the edge of Derbyshire, and it was a, a residential special school and thing for challenging children. I don't know what we called them at the time, EBD or something <laughs> like that. And one day a week, each of the year groups went and spent the day in the hills and doing things. What you know, paddling up forges and a day, in the <laughs> day a week, and you'd go out and would sort of like have challenges, dropping, seeing if you could make parachutes and get eggs off the top of a cliff, and if you did, you could cook it at the bottom. You know, if the parachute worked, and, otherwise you'd starve. And, <laughs> but, but it sounds like, but it was just so amazing for making for those kids to just have a day where they were just going to be a big kid, yeah, not the big tough. You know, I'm the ch- ch- you know the but, big bad. That's not what most of them are like, though, is it? Most of them aren't like that. Most of them are like taking spoiled middle-class children around Brussels. Do you know what I mean? Oh, fucking hell. Do you know what? I remember, actually, I remember going on a school trip when I was a kid, and we went, um, I can't remember if it was fucking France or Germany, but we went with a teacher called Mrs. Mrs. Sleeman, and she was a foreign language teacher, right? And uh, she was she was such a fucking bitch. Sorry if you're listening. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry if you just so happen to be listening to this. She was such a fucking bitch. And I remember she went and she was like really fucking, you know, confident and cocky and stuff because this is modern fun language. This is her thing. And none of the fucking locals could understand a word that she was saying. And I've never, like, because there was an audience of kids on the bus as well, and they were all fucking howling at her, and she was getting more and more pissed off, and she was like, come on, tapel to sava. And the French guy was like, I don't understand what the fuck she's saying. That's French. That's that's my French accent. Oh, is that your French accent? Yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like I sold it pretty well. You do teaching, don't you? You do one day a week, don't no, you? No, so it's teaching, It's well, I'm not a teaching assistant, it's voluntary. Um, it's like an extracurricular thing with uni. Uh, so I study animal behaviour and conservation. Um, <laughs> so, into the classroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so they sit next to thick kids and I watch <laughs> them throw shit at each other for two hours. No, so in Manchester, so I go to Man- Man- uh, Manchester Metropolitan. Nice. Um, there is a really small gap between postcodes where um, basically underprivileged children and privileged children. So um, people from the working class and um, obviously families who are suffering from well this is another thing as well like just to sort of stop your mid-story the way that like there is a huge gap in quality between certain secondary schools and primary schools yeah definitely. and i find it incredible that you being born three streets away can affect your education that affects the rest of your life like that's surely can't be right and it's not fair on the child as well the child wasn't they didn't ask to be born into that situation so i think it's not fair that 
the education system doesn't give every child the same start off in life and the same opportunities mm. as each other. So uh, Manchester Metropolitan, what we do um, is we offer extra sessions on a Saturday for the children from maybe like the little bit more rougher schools. Um, they come in and they have like an extra session with us. So it's it's essentially like... Um, Saturdays with scum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, they scum. are they are lovely. I love them to pieces. But mm-hmm. um there may be the children from the classrooms that are like struggling a little bit more. You can see that they've maybe some of them have got a little bit undiagnosed learning difficulties like yeah, yeah, dyslexia yeah. and things like this. Oh uh, dyslexia is a yeah. fucking huge one, isn't it? I feel like as well that's another thing that um dyslexia went through a, a it took a long time for people to recognise it as a thing in school that children yeah. would need support over. And I feel like when I was in high school, it was a big thing. It was all about dyslexia, understanding that people had dyslexia and being inclusive. And I feel like now we've taken so many steps back and it's not very... It's not talked about as much dyslexia, I feel like, from the experience that I've had really? going through college and, and with my son going to, to school himself. I feel like there's not as much of a presence about the discussion of dyslexia as there was when I was in high school. I That's think, I think there's what, what I've seen, because I'm still involved in schools, even though I'm not teaching, I'm going and do all sorts of other things with schools. Um, I think it's what, what's what been the big surge recently has been more the neurodivergence. Autism. So, it's, so, it's, so it's the autism, the ADHD, the dyslexia, the dyspraxia, and things are now, as a, as a whole clump, are being taken seriously yeah. as opposed to sort of individually. You know, there's some big changes going but on. Do you know what? I'm going to say something here that's probably going to sound controversial is that when I was at school, it was at the time when there was a big push towards mental health and mental health well-being, yeah. which I think is important. But what would happen is that children would lean on it as a way of either getting attention or sort of diverting away from, like, the behavioural issues and stuff yeah. like that. So some kids learn quite quickly that if they said, I'm depressed or I've got anxiety, then it was almost like a gre- it was almost like a golden ticket to an easier life. So they wouldn't have to do homework. And if they acted out in a way that was, like, really uh, disruptive, they could ju- oh, it's because I'm anxious. And there was such, like, a... I mean, it's probably different now because there's more knowledge around it. But at the time, it was like just saying that word was like a buzzword Definitely. for them to be like, okay, you do what you want. Well, in our high school, we kind of had that kind of, it was it was the, the golden ticket. You said you were depressed and I'm a bit sad and everyone would kind of, oh, be careful, be a bit delicate with their emotions and things. But two people in our high school actually uh, committed suicide I know. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, there is that side of things. Really? Then. That's a good way <laughs> no, to prove me I wrong, mean, isn't it? I feel like it took like a whole different kind of tone for our, our high school. So everyone yeah. kind of took it a lot more serious. So I didn't really see as much of that as others. I yeah, like. I mean, I mean, on the teacher's side, one less book in it. <laughs> <laughs> Say, I'd heard. <laughs> <laughs> Just prove your point, yeah. Because yeah. when you got thirty-two books, you're like, "Whoa, I've only got thirty now." Whoa. No, Anyone no. else not happy? Yeah. It was a school of two thousand, so they had to get rid of something. <laughs> Anyone else not happy? I mean, to, to you know, from where I'm sat, it seems like a pretty foolproof solution for you guys. 
oh, just try and get those books down to the, the early teens then you got the perfect job yeah. no it is it is to be fair it is um a problem and i'm probably the thing is though, is what do you do about it because on the one hand there is a genuine serious problem where you know that that can happen and it's awful but on the other hand it does also get misused and so maybe it's just the case that you're always going to have to deal with five kids who know how to game the system if it means saving five do you know yeah. what i mean i think one of the problems is though that is that Kids were genuinely struggling, genuinely struggling, and you know could be going downhill big style. Um, if if you just keep doing it, expect them to do exactly the same as everybody else is doing, you, and you've got a, I don't know a, a round peg trying to get into a square hole. Yeah, you know unless some things change, then nothing. It's going to get worse. But it's what's changing. It's not oh I've got a get out of card thing. But maybe they genuinely need something differently doing to to be able to thrive. Totally. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and. So it, it's a tough one because the curriculum, I've, I've, I was teaching in a school, I was one of the first ones that adopted the national curriculum before it became a law way back there. Really? All sorts of, I was at the pioneering of lots, I was the pioneering of uh, IC, uh, I, um, computers, I had one of the first computers in the classroom. Shut the fuck the, up, yeah, really? Yeah, I used to come over to Manchester Uni- um, University once a week to help them um, develop the first ever touch screen type things and all sorts <gasps> like of the little things. smart boards and so, that yeah before way before then even yeah, back in the it. days of the overhead projector yeah. so i've always been able you know i was at the forefront of precision teaching and this that and, and, and yeah we were one of the first schools to bring in mindfulness and all sorts of so i've always been you know an adapter and a mover and a whatever and some of the things <laughs> the changes have been brought in have been disastrous for young people because they've just forced them to be somebody they're not. Like what? So, Name for example, um, when I was in charge of a Peru, I didn't know I was creative till my mid-50s. I had no idea. I was very, very quiet, very, very shy, very, very anxious myself, and, you know, really introverted. And But when I was running the school, I would bring in people who were creative. I would bring in drummers and people who... And, People who would do, look different than the That's teacher. not the first thing that I think of when I hear creative. Drummers! You know, <laughs> that well-known creative passion of just no. smashing fucking sticks Yo, on can, the... Can you imagine if you're a frustrated teenager and you've got new you actually then start That's drumming true. and doing rhythms and you've got all sorts of new, you know, or just, just allowing personality to come out rather than restricting people and saying, you've got to, you know, learn French this way and you've got to do this this way. If they can actually have an let a bit themselves out and f- discover it themselves. It's amazing how resilient kids are and they can, they start learning better. They learn the other stuff better. Yeah. Do you know what as well is something that I don't think that gets focused on enough at schools is that you only have to be good at one thing. Like if you're good at 12 things, yeah. if you're good at every subject, then good for you. Because you get a big option as to what you want to do with your life. But if you're only good at one thing, as long as you're happy doing that thing, and let's be fair, if a kid is shit at everything but great at one thing, chances are they quite like doing that thing because it's the one thing in their life that they're good at. As long as you're good at that, who gives a fuck? Do you know what I mean? And I think that the the education system is so rigid that... You know, there's there's kids who are thick as pink shit when it comes to like, um, you know, uh, learning fucking dates and maths and 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 words and stuff. But if you give them a bunch of building blocks and a hammer, 
then they'll they'll just know how to put up a shelf intrinsically. They just have this this incredible uh, ability to you know understand their objects and surroundings and shapes and put things together in a way that I I mean you've seen the fucking state of this studio in the way that I can never do. I'm dread so bad. If if there was a school for putting up furniture, I would be in the bottom set. I would be I would be with the other kids in in a cabin at the end of the fucking school playing fields <laughs> where they go okay today Today we're going to try and put water into a cup, and I'm, you know, I'd be all over the fucking shop because I'm just no good with like making stuff. And yet there are other kids who, again, no, no real academic prowess, but they're great. And as long as they're great at one thing, that's all you need. And it isn't even one subject. It might be that they're the kindest person in the class, or the one that always listens, or the one that you know yeah. shows empathy or something. You know, they might not know maths or something, but as a role in life, they may be the neighbour that everyone goes to when they're older. Who, who can sort out the problems for them, and but that's not that's not there. That doesn't get you off offstead points and things. This much. is it, you know. So as a rounded human being, as a teacher or a pupil or a teaching assistant or whatever, we don't we we, we focus on some very narrow things, you know, in terms of like grades and exactly what we're doing. we don't we really don't value a lot of the. Uh, what other people, somebody called, said, oh, you're talking about all the woolly stuff. It's not woolly stuff, it's essential stuff. Yeah. You know, how oh. we are as human beings. Totally. There's there's a quote that, so I've taught at different schools. I've taught at really high achieving schools. I've taught at really schools where the kids coming in, the intake isn't great, but they make do with what they can. And, you know, I've taught all sorts. And at one of the schools that I taught at, the, the mantra of the school is that if you if you judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its whole life thinking that it's stupid. Definitely. Something that a load of people, uh, it, it, it makes its way around in schools nowadays. But I do feel like it's more of a mantra that is said and not followed through with. Because at the end of the day, the government don't give you... When all's said and done, it all comes down to what Ofsted thinks of your school. That's all it comes down to. What about your opinion on, say, like further education compared to high schools and primary schools? Because obviously, high schools and primary schools are very, very important. Um, Do you know what? That education. But I feel like for me personally, I hated high school. I hated primary school. I came out with no GCSEs. And then I went into college and I, I was a distinction star student. And I absolutely loved being in education. So it's a complete. Well, contrasting. I'll tell you what I'd do. I would get, like, if, if I had a magic wand and I could change the way education was, I would get rid of the whole primary school, high school, and then you can either leave or you can go to college or uni or whatever. I'd get rid of that. Because for me personally, there are still way too many children that spend their whole lives in education and they come out of it at 16 with nothing. With no life skills. Nothing. No life skills, no uh, qualifications, no confidence, no confidence mm. zilch. And it's like that should never be allowed to happen once, let alone happening to tens of thousands of children every year. year after year after year. It shouldn't be allowed to happen once. So for me personally, what I do is I get rid of primary and secondary because I think that the... Um, I, I, I think that there's a lot lost between primary and secondary school. I think that transition between primary and secondary 
can be very jarring, very difficult, and I think that it is a it's quite a key time for kids to reinvent themselves as little dickheads. Yep. Um, <laughs> and also as well, I think that it's it's not helpful to anybody because what what used to happen... So, so here's one of the things. What used to happen is primary schools used to be able to set what they thought a child was going to get at GCSE and the primary school would get judged based on how many kids they thought and get A's and A stars. So what do you think they're going to do? Be honest. Oh, they fuck. They go, oh, they're all going to get A's. Oh, what about fucking Dylan over in the corner who's fucking glued his eyes shut? <laughs> oh, yeah, he's definitely going to get an A. He's just a bit of a low bloomer. You should have seen him before you came. He was solving equations and shit. <laughs> was he fuck? Mate, he's, he's picking his nose so much it's bleeding. Yeah, he's a genius like that. Do you know? But because there's no accountability. So what I'd do is I'd have... Get rid of primary, secondary, and I'd have children in one fucking institution until they reach... Institution? Yeah. Right, right. And I'd call it, and I'd call it's it Freddie Quinn's School for the Retarded. <laughs> and there'd be a big shipping container, two toilets in the middle that don't work, cockroaches everywhere, Bahamas, so it's boiling up. Um, no, so... You have to get in with a high five. <laughs> so, so right. Um, I'd, have, I, I'd have them at school... From, from the age of... I, do you know what? I'd probably start primary school a little bit later as well. I'd prom- I don't think it makes sense starting it at four. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. it's a bit... I don't know what you think I about that. That's a bit harsh. I, I, want, I wanted the free time. As a mum, you're like, <laughs> yeah. no, nah, start it at one. Get them in straight away. Six months. Um, but I'd have them in there till 14, 15 or 16. And then at that age, I would say, right, okay. So we're going to do a big test or, or we're going to do a test and we're going to have the culmination of the last couple of years and some of you are going to get to spend the next two years in academia where you can choose some certain subjects and you can you know work on them more and then go to university some of you are going to get a trade uh you're going to learn um building or whatever and then you know plumbing or whatever and then some of you you know certain ones we're just going to work on you not fucking destroying everything. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and 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 some major uh, politicians uh, could have. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the case that you just get put in one and that's the end of it. It'd be a collaborative thing between you and them and everything. But that way, everyone leaves with something. You either leave knowing, you know, out of plaster or something like that, or you leave knowing how to make you know, how, how to, you know, shop for a week on a tenner or something like that, or you leave with something else. But everyone should have to leave with something. What do you think, Joy? Well, I grew up on a, in a council estate in Salford, and um, I was the first person who went to university, getting a grant to go, you know, didn't have, not a loan um, and things. And the system at the time um, was before comprehensive times. So there was the local secondary school and there was the grammar school. And I passed my 11 plus and I hated it because I went to the grammar school and all the other people I knew were, were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, you were, you were absolutely, if you were at the grammar school, you didn't do subjects like typing and things like that. You did Latin and all sorts of things. And the ones who went to the secondary school, you know, my, my brother and sisters, you know, they didn't do the subjects that I did. 
and it was so you were determined that was determined at 11 and there was no movement and i think that's where it's all wrong there is no movement you know yeah. you, you you know you were still whereas what something similar to what you're talking about where because different kids blossom at different times do you know yeah. what i know a kid who was in my year right at school and uh, he was super fucking smart. He was super smart. Sound like <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. My boy's wicked smart. Um, he was he, he was a really clever lad. Always uh, top of the class, top set in a good school. He was destined for university. He wouldn't have gone to Oxford or Cambridge, but he would have. He, he might have if he'd have put in the effort. But he wasn't really like that. He'd have probably gone to like a red brick school, Durham or Nottingham or something like that. Didn't want to do that. He wanted to work for Leyland Trucks. And uh, he, he, make, he don't make great money, but he's just happy. He's just always wanted to do that. And that's absolutely fine. That's, that's totally fine. So I definitely have flexibility. And if there was a kid who was like, listen, look, I know that I'm top of the class and everything, but I just want to be a welder. Then it's like, go for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, as long as you know what you want, it's great. It's not about restricting the clever ones. It's about making sure that the more vulnerable ones don't slip through the net. Yeah, definitely. And the ones who come out with tons of, you know, top grade GCSEs, A levels, whatever, doesn't mean that they're primed and ready to be happy. Doesn't mean that at all. Oh, totally. And I used to teach one of the things in the pupil unit was employment, uh, enterprise, and employability. So you know, there was kids who weren't doing well in school at all. Give them a project where they could create their own little business and they could do whatever, and they they would shine, and they'd get yeah. all the maths done and they'd get all the you know yeah 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 it yeah. was their thing because they had that flexibility to be able to show what they really had without it just being written in a book or done on a computer yeah and but I think there's so few opportunities in school now the curriculum is so jam packed there's very little freedom to to do things like that oh the the curriculum needs yeah. to fucking yeah. And this is this is the problem as well that we found with COVID um, is that if you miss even a couple of days of school, it can result in massive, big, fucking huge gaps of knowledge. Now, I say this and look at you, Becca. Well, I've got a really strong opinion on this at the minute because I don't know if it's because of COVID or this was a pre-existing problem, but um, I moved, I relocated um, and... I took my son out of school two weeks before the summer holidays started. Yeah. And he only just started his first day of year eight last week on Monday. So that was the 3rd of December and it's taken him all of the summer holidays and up until the beginning of December, essentially, to get him back into school post-COVID lockdown. What what I would say is, like... The only shining light of that is that if there's ever a year that doesn't matter, it's year eight. Like, yeah, true, like but... If there's, if there's every <laughs> year where they go, oh, we months. don't give a shit. You it's know. been a rough few months, though. Oh, I can fucking imagine. I can imagine. Do you know what, as well, is like, I think that the curriculum could totally do with, with being trimmed down and just it having... Schools having a bit more flexibility to teach Absolutely. what they fucking wanted. But I know, but what you're saying about missing missing school days and missing some education, when he was in education and hadn't taken him out of school yet, he he has asthma and things like that. He's had a couple of days off or a couple of weeks off due yeah. to ill health. And uh, you'd, you'd, get, you'd get told that you're, uh, his, his attendance is low and his education's impacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's m- missed months and months of school now and... 
Nothing really yeah, you've been. Yeah. yeah. The reason why I took early retirement, I never planned to. I always thought I would just, you know, you just kept doing the things that you've always done and I would just, you know, just get too worn out to teach anymore at some point. Um, but I was teaching in a school, as I said, for some, some of the pupils had life-limiting illnesses. And there was this one lad, it was his GCSE year, and his family wanted to go and have a holiday together. They wanted to make memories with him. So they applied to the local authority and the local authorities said no because he wasn't up to his um, five GCSEs C's, C's at the time. Yeah. And basically, if he'd have wanted those GCSEs, and that's fine, that's what they should have been doing. But him and the family wanted a holiday and they were refused. Do you know what? I side on the council with that one. I'm going to be really horrible there, Jay. I side on the council. Fuck your holiday. You can have holiday anytime. Get, he's not dying. He's he dying. Oh, was he? He's dying. Oh, yeah. fuck. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, as oh. long as you've got your GCSE. I, thought, I know you said you're controversial. I thought, okay. Shit. Maybe you're going to have <laughs> I didn't. Did I miss that he was I dying? I said life limited. Uh, life Do you know what? Yeah, I thought limited. that. I, I, I thought I might have heard it and then I zonked yeah. off for a yeah, minute. Yeah, no, I had, <laughs> no, I had right. He was, he was dying. He okay. Had couple, he had a couple of years left. Okay, if he is dying, <laughs> if he is dying, the then GCSEs that's... The GCSEs are not going to make much difference to his life. Right, okay. No. But if if he wasn't dying... Right, okay, yes. And and it was like, all right, listen, um, like, I know that I, I really need to get these GCSEs, but also, Disneyland looks ace. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> No. But with this dude, do you this know what I mean? He'll get, him. It was for his family. They wanted the memories. And also as well, they know that they need to take him so they get a fast pass, go on all the rides <laughs> quick, get to swim with a dolphin, you know, yeah. all the fun things. Yeah, no, I just I just thought, I. and what's happened since is since I've stopped teaching, um, I'm based in Afflex in, you know, in Manchester, Afflex Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and for the last six years, I've been there creative in residence. So I've got this room on the top floor which is the weirdest room, and I just opened it. I got it for free, this shop space, and basically said, come in and create, but no money's going to be spent. So people have donated guitars and typewriters, and it's just this amazing space. Really? And I've so affected, cool. I, I've influenced more young people in terms of how, how they're living their lives than I did in the whole of my teaching career. In oh, the last totally. Years. And not just children, but adults. Adults come in and they create, connect with creativity, they connect with each other, and next minute they're making big life decisions there yeah. you know and things and it's really powerful and it's because it's not the government it's not mcdonald's sponsored it's just there yeah it just exists because the thing is is if you're a kid you look at a school and you see this institution full of old people that you don't want to be like yeah. you look at Affleck palace and you see the guy that might sell you poppers. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I'm saying nothing. <laughs> I fucking love Flex Palace. Um, uh, yeah, about the about the dying kid thing. That's fucking me- like, oh, who at the council gets to make that decision? Like, it, it was yeah. I think it was just I I discovered my own creativity. I was starting winning slams and doing festivals and stuff like that. And I just thought I don't need to be doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah and yeah. it was a very brave decision I made. So you, were you battle rapping when you were a teacher? No. Because here's another thing as well that uh, we probably need to have a chat about. So um, so this week, um, and, and this happens every fucking time. I mean, I mean, this isn't something that's just happened this week. This is the first time it's ever happened. But I read a story this week about a woman who was a teacher who has been fired because on her Instagram there were... Um, uh, pictures of her pole dancing but she wasn't pole dancing like 
you know, in like fucking in a strip club for money. It's an she exercise. Was, like, she was like it? doing it for like classes, yeah. pole fitness. Yeah. But kids saw it and then parents complained and then they were like, ah, you're gone. That's the end of it. So but on the other hand, I bet they've all got their, uh, their Snapchat accounts. <laughs> <laughs> all the kids with their, uh, their dirty oh, images. Yeah. Are you with Miss Smith? Are you with Miss Smith later on? <laughs> Fucking yes, yeah, mate. She's probably only more on OnlyFans now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but there is a discussion to be had as well about the, the standards that teachers are held to because they aren't allowed to be seen as people. They have to have this air of professionalism that we don't require from any other uh, profession. Like, you look at bankers. Bankers are trusted with money. Do you know what I mean? Like, and yet it's quite well accepted that bankers are all on fucking coke. Do you know what I mean? Going out to the strip club, to seeing Miss Smith do her <laughs> fucking thing. And they're trusted with money. And for some people, money's more important than kids. You know, that's that's why not every ransom gets paid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I mean, though, is like, why do we hold teaching higher than everything else? Yeah, I mean, as parents, it's like, you know, I think people, when we went into lockdown and everyone had to start teaching their own kids and realised how hard it was, and, you know, so a lot of them, yeah. you know, it's it's a, hard to get them to do half an hour, never mind, you know, getting through all the things. Um, there was a little shift for a short while, but I think teachers, particularly as a younger teacher coming into teaching for the first time, yes, you, you've got social media. You got, there's going to be something on there that somebody's going to see that you've done or you know or yeah. whatever. So basically, it's almost like becoming a priest or something. You've got to give up half your life. You know, to be yeah. a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've got so many stories. I mean, there was one... The vow of one, celibacy one for you. One teacher, teaching assistant came in and said, um, I've, I've got a problem I need to talk through with you. and There might be an issue. He says, uh, I went to have some colonic irrigation done. And when I turned up, it was one of the students was working there. He says, no. I, didn't, I, did, I, said, I didn't have it done, but I thought I, thought I ought to tell you. <laughs> Some of the kids was working there. Oh, that is so funny. That is so funny. But yeah, this, you know, especially if you hated him, you'd be trying to shit on him extra hard. You'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> That's sometimes you can't go anywhere or do anything because you never know who's going to be watching you or filming you or anything. Oh, and, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I mean, when I started teaching. Uh, I got told the advice was to teach at a school that's half an hour away from where you live. Uh, and they said, do not teach at one. You might think that it's great having a five-minute commute or whatever, but you'll constantly be bumping into children and it'll drive you insane. The parents, mainly. Really? Yeah, you know, I've, I've done that. I lived very close to a school for what, a What, have you had people while. like in Tesco going, oh, how's, how's James doing with his fucking oracy or whatever? Mm-hmm. Fuck, would you ever do that? As a well, to be fair, I bumped into a few of my son's teachers ah, in the I show. Knew she <laughs> looked guilty. Like... I knew she looked guilty. You sat there not saying anything like, oh, yeah, what? I'm one of them. Bullshit. <laughs> Is he really well behaved? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Now, I've, I've never had it myself. Uh, I have had, though, quite a lot of kids that I used to teach try and reach out to me on social media. That's be- weird. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but I mean, I mean <laughs> the, the thing is, is that... I've not taught for a while now, so a lot of them, most of them would be of, like, 
I was going to say of legal age, like I was going to do anything with them. No, like like it, it's not as dodgy as it would be if it was like I'd just left or anything yeah. like that. But a lot of them, particularly when I was making videos on TikTok and stuff like that, a lot of them would try and reach out to me on TikTok and I would go through a phase of trying to block as many of them as I could because like as far as I'm concerned, like I, I, I used to sort of say to them, you'll never know me as anything other than a teacher. So don't try and get to know that other side because it's not it's not on display for you. Do you know what I mean? It's no yeah. access for you. But there's that many of them that I used to teach that I just I, I'd be blocking thousands of accounts. You just had a blanket rule. You just didn't you didn't do anything on social media, and it would be a disciplinary thing at the time. Although since I've got some quite a few have got in touch because they've seen my battles. Oh really? <laughs> and I can now because I'm I'm retired, and they're they're like oh there's they're, a they're, there's a man in a baseball cap calling Miss Miss France a big fat bitch. What's going on? Like that must be so jarring. That must be so it's, jarring it's so for them. Funny because they, yeah, because they, you know, they they had a completely different view of me. I was, you know, your teachers don't have real lives or anything, do they? So no, it's they're like, figures. Yeah. They're like they're not people. They're just authoritarian. Figures. I know, but of all the things, you don't think the teacher's going to be a secret rap battler. I know. Well, I so here's so here's the thing is so when I when I started teaching, I was already six years into comedy, uh, and so I was already a comedian. And two of the schools loved it. They were really keen on it. They said, "Look, um, you know, it's it's fine. We understand how this affects your teaching and what it brings to the classroom. It's all right." One of them fucking hated it. The the Catholic one. Surprise, surprise. They, they honest to God, wanted to, like, fuck it. Well, it felt like they wanted to, like, take me into the staff room and they were going to have, like, an exorcist <laughs> sort of thing. I was like, going to be, like, spinning my head around, throwing up and shit. They hated it. Um, and they found any excuse that they could to try and, to try and get me out, basically. It was, uh, it was horrible. Um, whereas I've taught other schools who were nothing but supportive. Um, but my videos have always gotten out. I... I didn't teach under the name that I do stand up under. So I thought that, that was a fairly good ending, but it's always gotten out at some point, every single time. Yeah. Because those fucking kids can Google in ways that we mortals <laughs> can't even understand. Do you know what I mean? I remember one kid who was like, oh, I found out because I did a reverse image search. I was like, what the fuck is a reverse <laughs> image search, you little internet hacker? And what they, what he knew how to do, 12 years old, what he knew how to do was to search for an image on Google. Like, and that image of my face brought up all the times that my face had been used on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Fucking witchcraft. <laughs> Absolute witchcraft. I've known about how to do that for a You've known about how to do that for a long time. Oh, Joe, you can't be making me look like the, the fucking... People make assumptions about me, how I look, you know. I'm, I'm, I do. I'm, I made the assumption, yeah, Joe, that yeah, you'd be... Yeah, I said be, it quietly. I, know, I'd make the, I made the yeah. assumption that I mean, you... I knew about the dark web before anybody was talking about it, and honestly, I've... Yeah. I mean, before we started this, she said, I'll switch my phone to airplane mode. And part of me was thinking, she might need help in a minute with that. She, <laughs> might, she, might want, she might want me to come over. Little do I know I've got fucking Julian Assange in drag over here. Fucking WikiLeaks. Oh, oh there's an awful lot. Off camera, I'll tell you some stories. <laughs> oh, put, put it behind the Patreon. Put it behind the Patreon. Get people to spend a pound a month cancelling us. Yeah, it, can, it can really, you know, I'd look like the typical... 
sort of grandma, retired teacher, white hair, you know, if anybody's yeah, yeah, listening yeah. or whatever. And I can turn that to my advantage so many times. I can... I can All the best ones can. Yeah. All the best ones can. The, there's certain people who are like, how dare you judge me by my appearance? But the really clever ones go, I'm going to let you judge me by my appearance until it, like, when it benefits me, and then I'm going to switch it around <laughs> at the last minute. And then before, you, as soon as you figure out what's going on, I'm 10 steps ahead, and that's the end of the fucking game for you. Yeah, no, I've uh, infiltrated quite a few organizations <laughs> infiltrated quite a few organizations the fuck is joy france talking about education you see these are the joy france the pedophile up. hunter over here <laughs> what the fuck infiltrated a few organizations right well feel free to stick around for the uh, patreon where joy france is going to tell us how she took down isis she, she actually captured Al-Qaeda. That was... Um, uh, uh, right, okay. Before we go, uh, to sort of surmise the podcast, what one thing would you do, if you had a magic wand, what one thing would you do to change education, Becca? Oh, um, a lot less pressure to do certain subjects um, and more Oh, like what? On, I don't know. I came away with no GCSEs, but like you said, no no real life skills when I had to look after my baby at 16. So yeah, yeah, yeah. realistically, my GCSEs weren't going to prepare me for that. So I feel like... Yeah, you, don't, basic, you don't use trigonometry to put a nappy yeah, on, Yeah, or you? basic life skills and just teaching kids in general how to be well-moraled people, treat people with respect and... yeah. Go about that'd be a great way of judging a school. Oh, that'd be such a good idea if, right? You know how at the moment schools are judged based on how many like fucking GC it's it's progress eight at the moment, so how much they put progress on. But back in the day, it used to be like A star to C's or whatever. How good would it be if they judged um, they revisited your pupils in like 10 years' time and they like worked out how many of them were dickheads <laughs> and that went against you. So so it was like, oh, guys, uh, like, like the governor's meeting, they were like, oh, right, okay, well, we've had really good GCSE results. But unfortunately, do you remember the class of 10 years ago? Yeah, five of them are in prison. So that <laughs> well, is good. Or even worse, five of them are now politicians or yeah. something. You know, they're real dickheads. <laughs> well, there yeah. we go. <laughs> it's going to count against us, unfortunately. I think that would be great to have that level of accountability. So you actually have to like bring up kids who are like nice people. Yeah, just stop being a dickhead to everyone. Yeah, stop being a dickhead. Just... The fucking like percentage dickhead points. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what would you do, uh, Joy? I'd find I'd, I'm similar, uh, but in terms of finding the giving the space for kids to discover who they are and what they're best at, and letting them fly and have a bit of confidence, and and it could be more sport or it could be more science or it could be whatever, so that they're not all just treated as you know exam exactly like clones of each other. So they, at the end of it, they come out having a bit more fun and having a bit more confidence and being able to you know, diversify. You know, just because you maybe have had a bit more art and drama than somebody else doesn't mean to say you're not going to go and do science at college or, you know. Do you know what? It, flexibility. It sounds like, you, well, I was going to say, it sounds like you're both saying the same thing about yeah. flexibility. Um, for me personally, I think the biggest thing that I would do would be to have... Um, the education 
go away from like political control. So so it, it should be its own independent body, as it were. And so when, you know, Labour gets in or when the Tories get in or whatever, it doesn't matter because education is its own sort of independent thing that is looked after by people who used to be teachers. The community. Totally. And people that have spent time in education that know what the bloody hell they're talking about. The um, Gavin Williamson, who used to be the education secretary, he's a furniture salesman. That's what his job is. His, his family sold furniture, and then he became a politician, and then he became education secretary. It's like, you don't... What? what? He, he's, he's not spent more than 10 minutes in a school, do you know, other than being a fucking child. Like... <laughs> You know, like, sure, if I want a really comfy armchair, then I'll I'll come to you. But <laughs> at the same yeah, time, it I just seems mental. Similar On a similar note, I know a lot of people criticise teachers who are, are through school, they get the qualification, then they're back into school, so they've got no other life experience. Yeah. So, they, they, so they, the solution is then, okay, so what we need to do is recruit people, ex-army people. You know, they, yeah, they, yeah, they don't yeah. just say, right, we need to <laughs> recruit lots of people with lots of backgrounds who want to come into teaching later have a change of career and can bring, you know, people who've been in the theatre or people who've worked, no, army. We've got to have the army. They, they <laughs> love ex-army people, don't yeah, they? Yeah. Discipline yeah. and order. It's going to solve it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know how to uh, reach out to that kid that gets shouted at at home, right? Shout, Shout at him in school. <laughs> that's going to be uh, that's gonna be great. So you just or in get... a storage container in the Bahamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'd do. I'd bring upon Freddie Quinn's school for the retarded. <laughs> Live from the Bahamas in a storage container. Um, right, that's the end of this week's episode. If you have enjoyed it, make sure that you subscribe on all your podcast platforms. Uh, we're going to go away now. We're going to record Picketed Extra, which is going to be us talking about school stories and stuff. It's going to be loads of fun. Uh, we're going to bitch about all the children, and we're going to name them by name. I'm going to do that. I'm going to literally not even use a pseudonym. <laughs> so if you want to hear that, then you can. Um just sign up to the Patreon. It costs uh, a quid a week. Uh, and for that, you get shit loads of extra content, access to Discord servers, early access. Uh, you get access to the uh, episodes earlier, plus loads and loads of loads of other stuff, special content that we make for the Patreons and stuff. Uh, you get to ask guests questions and things. You Basically, a ton of perks. Check it out. You get to help support the podcast as well. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug Becca? Think of anything that you want to plug, Joy? It'll be another hour. I've got loads of stuff going on. Have you? <laughs> yeah, Do you just, what, what have you got just, going on? Um, Becca doesn't have anything, so you can plug <laughs> twice as much. Um, I'm working with um, a guy called who's a battle rapper of um, sort of uh, me and him are best friends, and we're so unlike. He's called Scully the Mad Hat. He has a face tattoo of a skull and everything. His background and everything's different. Scully we're, the we're Mad Hat. We're working together on, we're putting an event on in January, we're working on a documentary. We're currently working on, we've got a duo comedy act, which is going down well everywhere. We're trying it. We're going to turn it into a one-hour show. We've got a few other things that are coming up that we're working on. And I've got all the stuff at Affleck. And this I've, sounds no, I've fucking got so quality. many things that... Um, but yeah, what's what's your battle rap name? Like I use my own name. This is Joy France. Just Joy France. Yeah. Can I? I tell you what I'm going to do is for the people listening on YouTube, I'm going to link to one of your battle raps. Probably by... do my first one that went up online, which was on the King of the Ronalds uh, League. Oh, and I know King of the Ronalds. Yeah, do you know how I know that? Because is... you interviewed Kinell. I interviewed Kinell. Yeah. So council culture. Uh, yeah. On... I've known Kinell. He had to change his name because of work. 
Really? Yeah, he had to change his battle name because it was too much too like his, so he became Kinell, which obviously is fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I yeah. don't, I don't know an awful lot about battle rapping, but I, I learned about not, it. I thought it was all like just like rhyming about like how much of a slag someone's mum is. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh no, this this is it's very brutal. It's very brutal. I battled a guy last January just before the lockdown. It was a Canadian guy. I battled in Dublin, and he was a cancer. Is it a cancer? Year cancer free. A year cancer yeah. free. And when he has God to bless him for quitting it. When, uh, <laughs> when, when he asked to battle me, I said, Yeah, but you know what? It's going to be full of, oh, uh, it's going to be absolutely brutal. He said, Yeah, because that's how I know I'm alive. Because nobody else in the room knew that. So when I went in, you know, straight from the beginning about I was going to do what cancer couldn't have seen, could, you know, could achieve. Wow. I was going to sort of do this. The audience, you can hear him go, <gasps> <Yes>. <laughs> Gonna fuck you yeah. like I'm Ron Jeremy. Fuck you <laughs> like chemotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nailed it, mate. Piece yeah. of piss. Yeah. Holy shit. I would, I, battling a cancer survivor, I bet, was so it much... It was great fun. It was great fun. It really was. Really? Yeah. Did he, um, did he win? Uh, he wasn't the judged one. It was a, one, a long one round. He just... If you put one up, put me versus Blunt's Head, because that's my very first one. Blunt's Head? Yeah. Why is he called Blunt's Head? That's the name he has chosen. Oh, is it because he, he smokes... He's like as well. Smokes like Blunt's? Yeah. Like... Um, basically, okay. they they bring they, <laughs> the runners put me up against him, and I only noticed afterwards it said, We've let him back. It said on the video because apparently he punched his last opponent, so he'd been bad. So they reckoned what blunt's head, yeah, <laughs> fuck it. I'll say they go, Get it, put him against. Okay, do, do you want to know? Uh, this is part of the um, the double act that me and um. Scully are working I want to know this. Um, so the very first words I contacted this guy beforehand. And who's going to battle me? And I said, look, I want to do this for real. Don't do anything different. Just battle me like you would anybody else. So the first words that were said to me in a league battle were, your pussy's fucking clapped. Clitoris like a carrot and da- down by your knees, you piss flaps. <laughs> okay? And that's how it started. It was like... <laughs> but what they don't realise is there's you know nothing what? they can say to me that's going to harm me. It's you... not bothering me at all. Do you know what I like about that, though? It's not necessarily the actual uh, line itself. <laughs> I just love the idea of these two lads, like, like with, with, with backwards caps, stood in front of a whiteboard <laughs> with like Joy France in the middle of a spider diagram and one of them goes what can we do about Joy France and one of them goes I bet she's got a right baggy fanny and then, <laughs> and then one of the yeah, things goes up baggy fanny what next them tits are, yeah got it I got it already Jay. I got it already he got, he got it all in in that first battle so the battles have had since there's been very little else that, that yeah they've yeah well, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put it on. Uh, you're gonna be able to check that out in the. Uh, if you're easily offended, you wouldn't be listening to this, so you wouldn't. Be. Brilliant. <laughs> so um, be fine. We're gonna go record the extra now. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye bye. Yay.